two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to An Inferiority Complex for providing our new theme song. It is September 20th, 2018, and we're talking the Bob Iger Hollywood Reporter interview article where he says they're slowing down Star Wars, plus we're going to throw in some 20th Century Fox, Disney merger nonsense. It's going to be great. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I am joined by Mark. Hello, everyone. And straight from the Mothman Festival is Zenger. Jumping the lights be like dusting crops, kid. Yeah. These are the best kind of quotes. For the record, Zenger is debating on what quote to do, and he followed one off the top of his head, and that wasn't that bad, albeit very brief. Yep. It's a brief <laughs> one. I, I was just like, oh, I wait, I know one off the top of my head. Yes. Trying to get one that could be vaguely Mothman related, but that's not possible. Close enough. But anyway, though, Zenger was at the Mothman Festival 2018's its annual Mothman Festival, right? Yes, this was the 17th year for it. And I have been to it twice now. Cool beans. So, Zenger, I, I know you shared a bunch of pictures on Facebook. There's um, more there's to a, come. Oh, wait. By the time come. you're listening to this, there probably still is more to come. Yeah, huh? Because we have a very slow turnaround when it comes to this podcast. But also, there is a Zeng This episode that mm-hmm. has been out for probably a week and a half by the time you're listening to this. Yep. Episode 113. But. Not intentional by the 13 thing, by the way. In case you haven't listened to that, Zenger, can you please give us... I know there's some, on those pictures you posted, there's some Star Wars-y stuff in there. What went on yes. at the Mothman Festival? Uh, the Mothman Festival is a celebration during the second weekend of September every year where they celebrate Mothman, the Mothman, the cryptid, the paranormal stuff, everything around it in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And the garrison in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Garrison Corellia, always comes out and has a presence there. And it's always fun to talk to them. They had uh, Vader. They had Jawas that were running around. They had a few Sand People, a few Imperial Troopers. They had Revan, too. So it, it was a lot of fun to see this. this. This is something really cool, and I always like talking to people at, I mean, that do this Star Wars stuff, the the 501st stuff. So it was really cool to, um, to talk to them. They also... On the they, they were together last year, but on the opposite side of the festival, if you went down to the other end of town, they had the basically the Ghostbusters version of the 501st, and they had a giant inflatable Stay Puft Marshmallow down there. Cool. So that was really cool to see. No, it's it, they're, they they're always as always a lot of fun to talk to. I really enjoy you know speaking with them and everything. People from the 501st, I know. Uh, Force Ghost Jim is a part of it, but no, it's it's just really cool to talk to people about this stuff because they really love Star Wars and they love talking about it. So I interviewed um, one of their, I guess their commander or the one of the people in charge for them and talked to him while Reverend was getting shot at with Nerf, Nerf guns. They had Vader come out later 
it, it's it's really cool. These people's passion for Star Wars is so amazing, and I just love discussing just their passion, my passion, everyone's passion for it with them. And I also plugged our podcast too a little bit. Nice. Yeah, yeah. How's Revan taking the exiling from canon? Um, pretty good though. Those kids were lighting him up with uh, Nerf guns. He's losing his power by being disenfranchised from the canon. See, yes. D- Disney, look what you're doing. You are see, not my Star Wars. Not my Star Wars. <laughs> Hashtag so. not ma m u h Star Wars. <laughs> Mark. Uh, but no, that's really cool, Zanger, because I saw those pictures look really neat. Um, I'm curious, are these encrypted festivals? Do they have like food, like specialty foods or anything? Like, do you get to eat moss? Um, no, they don't. Yes, yeah, okay, yes and no, they do have specialty foods. They have specialty foods in the sense that they will have like little like Mothman versions of food, where like it it, it will be like a cookie, but it has like two red dots in it. Or oh. there's like a green drink that has cherries in it, so it's like the two red eyes. It's it's tons of cheesy stuff like that, which is which is great and I love it. But I mean, it's it's for the fun of it and everything. Um, they also, and this is something I forgot to talk about on my episode, but I will talk about next week most definitely to reiterate it. There is this uh, dip called buffalo dip or buffalo dip, and it is basically like a cream cheese ranch buffalo dipping sauce and every year they have an exclusive like um can canister for it and oh. i am actually i actually bought two and i'm almost down to one and i've been it's been it hasn't even been a week since i've been back that's how fast i go through this stuff it's delicious you can um, order it online but they but they do an exclusive can for every year ooh, so you said you can you can't you can order it online it's uh, buffalo dip and Actually, mostly... in like five seconds, I might just get up from this and go grab some. Ooh. Just sit <laughs> here. And made eat you it. hungry. You, you did, and I, I'm, I might just, like I said, no joke, just sit here and eat it. It's so good. Well, that's cool, Zanger. And you just can you repeat it? It's what the the first, or I'm sorry, what what time does this usually happen? And what it is normally the second weekend of September every year, and I we actually reserved our hotel room already for next year. It, we were just sitting there talking to somebody, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can reserve your hotel room now if you want." And I'm like, "Really?" So I, I'm I'm very excited. It's it's the Mothman Festival. It's held every year, and um, definitely go check out the episode that we did on it. Uh, it would be in episode 113. It is uh, one episode ago as you listen to this, because by the time you listen to this, we'll have an episode already out. But yeah, def- definitely go check it out. There's there's some interviews with the 501st, and there's also last year's one where I did some interviews with the 501st, too. Everybody go check it out. A lot of fun. And definitely check out our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, because we'll be continuing to post more pictures. And their Snapchat, and their Pinterest, yes, and their WhatsApp page, and the Zengness Tinder profile, yes, and yes, Grindr that, that profile. Yes, those two definitely. Definitely. I know I've already swiped right on yes. both. But anyway, though, to the topic at hand, enough uh, small talk. Uh, while Zenger is getting some more buffalo dip, the we are going to today's topic is the Bob Iger. Uh, I guess he was, I think the context behind this was he was listed as one of the top t- like 100 influential people in Hollywood, or I guess the entertainment industry. 
and he was interviewed by the Hollywood Reporter, and he was asked all sorts of questions about what Disney's role in the industry is, between the Fox deal, ESPN, Marvel, and obviously everybody's favorite topic, Star Wars. In this episode, obviously, as we've stated numerous times, we are in the midst of the Star Wars drought. There's not a ton of Star Wars news out there, but we're going to give you our usual profound insight into what Bob Iger said in this interview, which I think there's a lot to take away from it. Starting with the Star Warsy news first, in the article, he is asked, quote, many believe Disney should pump the brakes and not put out a Star Wars movie each year, end quote. And Bob Iger's response was, quote, I made the timing decision. And as I look back, I think the mistake that I made, I take the blame, was a little too much, too fast. You can expect some slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make films. J.J. is busy making nine. We have creative entities, including... Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who are developing sagas of their own, which we haven't been specific about, and we are just at the point where we're going to start making decisions about what comes next after J.J.'s. But I think we're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing, and the buck stops here on that. End quote. Out of all the uh, questions and answers in this article, I think that gets one of the most lengthy responses from Bob Iger. And I think there, there's a, even though it's, God, I think maybe seven, eight, nine, um, seven or eight lines long, there is a lot to be taken away from that. The first being, I think it's interesting that after he mentions, um, after the JJ episode nine, the first spinoff film that comes out are the, no, it doesn't come out, but the, the first and only one he references is the Game of Thrones guys, uh, Benioff and Weiss. It's interesting there's no Ryan Johnson mentioned in any of this article. Yeah, that was, I, I found that kind of telling as well that I was like, well, there's no mention of him. I'm like, um, so I wonder when his films are going to be at. I mean, it's just now it could just be an oversight. Uh, you know, I mean, this was this is pretty much a Q&A, you know, interview we interview were type of thing. So, you know, you, you don't really know what kind of questions they're going to ask, much less prepare, you know, have prepared answers to give out right away. Doesn't say for sure that we're gonna get you know these uh, the Game of Thrones uh, produced movies right after Episode Nine. It just says, you know, it says that you know we're busy with Episode Nine. Uh, we've got creative entities, and then it says just at a point uh, where we're going to start making decisions about what comes next after JJ. So that could be anything. Where it says we have created entities, so I'm assuming that means you know not just the Game of Thrones stuff. You know, guys, you know, produce the, the their but their. Works, think, but also Ryan Johnson. So, well, creative entities. I take that as everybody, whether it be Dave Filoni or the live act or John Favreau's live action series or the the the, the Disney rides. I would imagine also there's there's very talented people that are working on that. Right. I, I think it, that's meant to be an umbrella term for for not just the the films of, of Star uh, Wars. Yes and no. I think in the context of this, I, in the context of the of the question and answer, I think it does mean films. Um, that may just be live action stuff, like maybe like a lot, you know, live action shows, like you know, with like things that they're playing for the streaming service. That's what I'm thinking. When you know, when I hear creative, and, and and you're probably right as well. I mean, when I hear creative entities, I hear I, I immediately think projects, Star Wars projects. Movies like which you know certain movies and stuff like you know like Marvel's MCU you know Marvel has Marvel MCU projects you know each project it means a movie you know that corresponds to a movie that kind of thing so that's what I that's what 
you know goes into my mind. I think you know movie projects. I think that, I think because he could very easily have said creative filmmakers instead of entities. Yeah, I, yeah, you're probably it's very, right. It's a, it's um, a broad. It's a very broad. I think about it. You usually like he could have said we had very talented uh, people. The fact he says entities, that's such a weird word to describe people. Like, how often do you go around describing people as entities? A lot. I, I do it all. I do it all the time. But I will say, though, <laughs> that he started off talking about mo- the movies, though. He started off talking about movies and being a little too much, too fast. Um, so um, you can expect some slowed up. That doesn't mean we're not going to make films. Um, well, I think the most – another like aspect to this whole – uh, responses. He's like, oh, we're going to slow it down a little bit. But if you look at 2019, 2019 out of all the years in the Disney era of Star Wars, we're getting the most amount of content. We're getting the live action series, Clone Wars Saved, Episode 9, uh, Galaxy's Edge in California and Orlando. Uh, never mind the same amount of books, comics. We have, uh, I'm guessing Resistance will still be going on at that time. Uh, it's it's weird of him saying that in a year where we're going to have so much more than we're used to right now where people are complaining it's too much. I don't know why we have a fan base that's very uh, <laughs> that's very moody in a sense. It's like We have a fan base that likes to complain. Yeah, that, that fan too. base that hates itself. That too. doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, we have... You know, there's nothing going on. It's like, oh, it's such a Star Wars drought. And then you got a bunch of stuff going, oh, there's too much Star Wars. It's like, come it's on, gonna be great guy. next year. This gonna be, that's the best part. Right now, like like a little peek behind the curtain for everybody. It's like every single week, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, what are we going to talk about this? We can just hope some controversy arises that we can sit there kind of glom on to and write its coattails. But like next year, or not even next year, like once Star Wars Resistance happens, we're just going to be content every week. And then there's going to be the episode nine title in January, then a trailer in April. And we're going to have all, like, and there's going to be all the Galaxy's Edge stuff that's going to be coming out, like, because that's going to open in California sometime in June. And it's going to be a nonstop roller coaster. So all I got to do is, like, suffer through, like, a month more of this, and I'll be aces, or will be aces. If worse comes to worse, we just let Zenger just open up the Star Wars encyclopedia and just start reading it from A to Z. Where is that, by the way? No, I, first, I legitimately had my thing over there. What's, what's the first, like, uh, when you think of Star Wars, what's the thing that has like a letter A that you look up? I guess well, Akbar. Like, Akbar, okay. Alderaan. Oh, okay, Alderaan. Cause that's A L. What's comes? Please okay, see to- destroyed. P- please see um, meteor. I mean, uh, asteroid field <laughs> under Alderaan. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, going back to the Hollywood Reporter article, and what Mark was saying, the fact that this is, I he he believes that this is more of a uh, the films. I, I think the fact, because to this day, nobody really, again, obviously people have their agendas and what they feel is the reason why Solo bombed out so hard at the box office. But I think it's interesting that the public persona they're taking for this, or I guess the public explanation as to why Solo bombed, is that it was too much Star Wars. Not the fact that it was pushed right against Infinity War and Deadpool, but... Not or, the fact that it was undermarketed. Or the fact that it basically they paid for two movies and only got one. None it's, of that mattered. No, and the fact that yeah, and the fact that like casual audiences don't care about a character or a young version of a character that's forty years old. Yeah, I think you know, I, I think 
it probably would have been the more kind of ideal. stuff that belongs in a museum. Sorry. Yeah, I think it probably would have been ideal if they put it in December. Um, because right, I think the issue is that um, you know the public isn't used to seeing multiple Star Wars movies coming out like shorter than within a year span. Um, so that's probably what you know. And then you couple that with uh, mark with lack of marketing and stuff. Why don't you get what you get? So. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, they could have put it in like December, um, and, you know, really marketed it and it would have been, uh, it would have been better, um, at the box office. Uh, well, I, I, well, I don't even think December because Mary Poppins, they, they've won Mary Poppins returns in that slot forever. And we just well, got well, a trailer well. of that this week. Right, right. Well, I mean, if they had already planned, put, if they had put Solo on there, they would have moved Mary Poppins elsewhere. I, I, I think don't, they would. I, I don't. But um, I, I think I still think you could have put Solo the the August third slot, considering that Winnie the Pooh or uh, Christopher Robin didn't really take off. They could have put that there. I still think that first weekend of August would have been perfect. It would have had all of August and a nice portion of September to basically ride with no competition. A lot of times, too, people have to realize that with these Star Wars movies, like we kind of sit there and play armchair quarterback. In some instances, like uh, these movies, and I think Zegger made this point back, like in December, where it was like sometimes these movies are just pawns, and they're just—it's yeah. like sometimes you gotta lose one. There's nothing you can do about it. It's like you pump two hundred, or, or in this case, you pump three hundred million dollars plus marketing costs into something, and it just goes out there. It, you hope it lives. But chances are, it's just it's forfeited in in the grand scheme of things. So you mean like you know take a loss, you know, and well, other stuff will make it up. We'll make no, up no, no. I mean, here's a good example, and I don't like using this analogy because of this individual's recent issues. But so remember that movie that came out where the cat was voiced by Kevin Spacey? <gasps> Nine Lives. Yeah, you know how much he probably wanted to do that movie. None. But he probably had some other movie he wanted to do, and the studio's like, I'm not sure about it. We got this cat movie. If you voice the cat, then we'd be more interested in, you know, doing this movie you're actually interested in. So a lot of times that stuff happens. To where like yeah. um Painting Gain, I think, was another one that like that got made, but Michael Bay basically had to do another Transformers. Well, it's a philosophy of one for me, one for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, that's definitely a big part of it. Because also, if you look at Disney's box office for the year, um, Black Panther made $1.3 billion. Infinity War made $2 billion. Uh, Incredibles 2, I think it made, made a little over a billion. It's definitely the billion-dollar club. And it's like, and that's and that's without, even though, like, obviously, Solo, like, lost money in, in, in the, uh, in a relative to its budget. But it still grossed three hundred million dollars worldwide. Christopher Robbins, I think, is grossed in the ballpark of around two hundred million dollars. Wait, 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 Solo made over three hundred million worldwide. Yeah, don't don't get excited. That's 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 nothing. That's nothing to get excited about. You mean the U.S. and other countries? Three hundred thousand, three hundred million. Yeah, worldwide. Oh man, that is even that. That's even that's like a third of what uh, Rogue One made. Yes, it's it's. Ugh. Think about it. Uh, the Attack of the Clones made more money domestically in the U.S. 
in 2002 than Solo made worldwide in 2018. Let that yeah. sink in for a moment. And then you got to put, you know, and then, you know, think about inflation, too. And then, yeah. Well, I, I think that goes without saying. That's, that, that's the real sting of it all. Right. Like, like if you look at the movies this summer, it's it's the or not this summer of, of 2018. It's black. Uh, this is domestic. Uh, black Panther, Infinity War, Incredibles 2, Jurassic World, Dinosaur Boogaloo, Deadpool 2, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Ant-Man, the Wasp, and number eight is Solo. I think about Solo got beat out by Ant-Man in the most bland Marvel movie of all time. Like, like come on, man. Uh, I, I, as much as everybody was cynical about that Han Solo movie. And I was definitely up there. Like, I don't think in anybody's worst dreams, someone could have fathomed Han Solo bombing out. Like, this is the definition of a bomb. That's the weirdest thing. Like, Star- I remember when, like, the Clone Wars movie came out, and I think some stupid critic was like, Star Wars finally experiences its first bomb. It's like, no, Lucas paid, like, $3 million to produce the first, like, four episodes of that series. And that, that, that movie made, like, $60 million worldwide. Lucas made money on that getting theatrical release. Yeah. Wait how, how, wait, how did he make money if he? Because he, he released it. Remember, the Clone Wars movie was released theatrically. Right, right, right. But but you said it cost three hundred million. No, uh, like, I think I think it cost like four. Well, Solo cost. I said uh, the Clone Wars cost him like I think four million dollars produced like the first five episodes. Right. Oh, okay. Um. Right, and then he made like how much? Fifty million worldwide. Yeah, I think he made like uh, fifty or sixty million dollars worldwide. So, like, he definitely made money on that. But like, if you, I'm looking at the math right now. Okay, Solo is almost at four hundred million dollars worldwide. It's at three hundred ninety-two. Okay. So, no, it, obviously, it made more than Attack of the Clones domestically. But like, the fact that it's that close, and especially in today's day and age, that is a uh, because even if you look at like Solo's opening weekend, which was eighty-four million dollars, compared to Solo's overall gross. It was around forty or from it was around forty percent. Uh, most films should be doing thirty-three percent. Usually, if you want to gauge whether a film had a healthy, leggy run in theaters, I think I've said this before, but it bears repeating. It should usually make three times its opening weekend during its final domestic run. So, Solo failed to do that. So, Solo did not have a good domestic run. Like I said, there was nothing. Nothing was going to save Solo. Solo was more or less doomed, like straight out of the gate. And that's that's the sad story of a Solo Star Wars story. Because it's it, it, it I don't think it's a weird I, it's a weird movie in that well we'll get into that out there I'm not gonna get into the solo stuff, but getting back to the uh, Hollywood Reporter article, I think like it's I think it's interesting that they are taking that angle of oh too too much too soon too fast because if everybody remembers the reason why. Uh, I'm sorry, J.J. and Kathleen Kennedy originally didn't want Force Awakens coming out until May of 2016, and it's Bob Iger that forced them to have the film out by December, or, or by calendar year 2015. Right. Well, actually, they originally, they wanted to have it out in, like, the summer of 2015, like, you know, like, kind of coincide with how the other, the other Star Wars movies have been coming out in May or so, but, you know... Because of the script changes and all that stuff, and with well, the yeah, whole that's they they, yeah, people, they got they got pushed back to December. And then I guess you know what you're saying now is that then they felt they really wanted to put it in. You know, they they actually wanted to do it like the following summer of 2016. But then, but you know, but I actually did not know that what you're saying about that that they really wanted it out even you know, later on. Well, you, well, yeah, and that I even kind of forgot I had a momentary lapse in memory. What you brought up, Mark. 
was that yes, they like, when they when this was all was announced in like October of 2012. It was they want to film out by 2015. They were obviously everybody was aiming for May because that's just when Star Star Wars was released in May. Uh, up until that point, and they wanted that. And JJ was like, "There's no way." Because like Mark mentioned, they had the Michael Arndt draft, which JJ didn't like because he felt that it put too much emphasis on the new characters. So JJ threw that entire script out and, st- and literally started from uh, a page one rewrite. And that's caused the that caused the first delay or the first and only delay to December 2015. And then I think it was like in early 2014, maybe late 2013, JJ and Kathleen Kennedy went to Bob Iger, according to what I read at the time, and said, "We want to push. We want more time for this. We, we want if, if we're going to do this right, we want time." And Bob Iger told them, "No, you get it. I'll give you until the end of 2015. That's all you get from me." And that's and because Bob Iger wanted out because this is where it also ties into what's kind of going on now with the Fox deal. And that if you listen to like any like if anybody's out there listening and you hear that there's going to be a Disney earnings call, uh, by all means listen to it. Find transcripts after it's after it's done because you can glean so much information about what the thought process is of the company, and you can usually extrapolate that to what they're going to do with Star Wars and their other properties whether it be marvel pixar or whatever disney animation because i think it was in the last earnings call bob Iger said that within i think the first year of the the fox merger they want to recoup at least two billion dollars with the use of uh the fox assets or exclusively with the fox assets and a lot of people are figuring out how on earth are they going to do that like how are they going to integrate all those fox assets as fast as they can into the company like and, and that's why you have to like, people have to realize when when Disney is buying Fox and I know you see this on the internet all the time it's even in this stupid Hollywood Reporter article and it infuriates me anytime I see this is the sole talking point it's oh my God Deadpool gonna be an Avenger and I I, I again if if that's the only reason why you like this I'm sorry but there are so many more things to this Fox Disney deal than the fact that Deadpool's gonna be an Avenger it's like like. There are so many films and franchises that are just going to disappear for better or worse because what? That was the sound of all those things disappearing. Well, you're telling me it's all these franchises saying, I don't feel too good right now, Mr. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and he's just laughing going. <laughs> well, but like but take a practical <laughs> example. Zanger, can you do a Mickey Mouse impersonation? <laughs> Time to take the corpse. <laughs> oh my god folks we have alex jones we have mickey mouse we have george lucas Sanger, what other impersonations are you hiding from us right now <laughs> a lot of others i can do randomly it's kind of upon request and also a quick huh i wonder if i can do that and then just off the fly Oh my god! Okay, at one point, I think we, I think we're starting to formulate our April Fool's Day episode. I think we know now who, like Zenger's got to do this, be really like quick on his feet. We might have an Alex Jones versus a Mickey Mouse debate. Oh, bring it on! No Alex Jones rebuttal to that. Oh man, th- this will be hard to do. I will like need like gallons of water. <laughs> oh, be like, bring it on, you conspiracy theorists! Come at me, you little mouse. I've got you in my grasp. 
I feel like Xanger's gonna be our our own Justin Roiland. He's gonna be doing the same episode, like do like the same voice and have like a nervous breakdown like every other episode because he can't handle like going back and forth between the characters. Yep, that sounds about right. But yeah, like going back to like all the properties with like Fox and Disney, it's like like I know everybody like with the new Predator movie. Have either one of you seen the new Predator movie? Mm, should. Uh no, um I haven't even seen the other ones. Um What? And for what I hear, it sounds like they're doing the uh, Ghostbusters treatment to it. But I, uh, that, I, 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 what does that mean? That. I'm not even gonna touch that. Don't even touch it. Don't even touch <laughs> it. I mean, it's not necessarily bad, but um, that's what I that's what I hear that they're don't touch it, Sanger. It's a radioactive hot potato. <laughs> but if I bite that hot potato, then or if it bites me, do I get potato powers? I wouldn't even risk it. Just, just punt that potato back right at him. <laughs> Everybody's crowding. I hope they get the rice, the potato man. <laughs> oh, man, folks. This might be even better than Alex Jones. Um, we might have to forego the Galaxy Wars episode. Just go straight to like a Mickey Mouse like Clubhouse episode when we do or, or, or something. Yeah, okay. Completely lost my train of thought. The Predator. There we go. Like no, I know what to do to immediately derail anything we're ever discussing. Don't, don't don't you dare do that. That's because the Mickey Mouse thing automatically uh, takes me takes it, <laughs> it takes me out of it so easily. Um, the Predator is going to be. Think of it this way: Disney, the Predator, uh, Alien, the Xenomorph is all part of 20th Century Fox. It's part of the catalog. And think about it, a year from now when Disney owns all Foxes, like. Uh, uh, movies, films, whatever you want to call it, Disney ain't going to be making new Predator Alien films. And I know those those franchises have clearly been played out. They're well beyond their prime. But it's just it's it's somewhat refreshing. Yet at the same time, it's a little sad that like we are going to see the deaths of so many Fox film franchises because Disney has them and Disney just has no interest in them anymore. Or, it's, or not even interest, it's just they're not profitable. Like, think about it. Uh, I know Alien Covenant wasn't a popular film. I really loved Alien Covenant. But there's no way Disney's going to write a check to Ridley Scott for $100 million to wrap up his Prometheus uh, Michael Fassbender trilogy. Like, you're, ne- you're never going to see another Alien or Predator film. Like, after The Predator, that's it for those franchises. I know there's some talk that Disney might do a... Uh, and maybe like a virtual reality uh, for anybody who's experienced the Star Wars. I think it's okay. Oh it's the Void, uh, Secrets of the Empire. It's the virtual reality attraction. I think it's at uh, Disney Springs, Downtown Disney. It's in a couple different places. I think worldwide. I know there's talk that maybe they'll do like a Xenomorph Alien virtual reality experience. But you're beyond like certain like superfluous, weird like. It's not even theme park stuff. It's just kind of on the fringes. You're not going to get any more films like that. Like, I'm trying to think of all different, like, other than Deadpool, I don't think Disney is really interested in, obviously, the Marvel component of Fox. I mean, that as a whole. There's not much that you're going to get from the Fox. Yes, they're going to still do prestige pictures. You'll get, like, a Shape of the, shape of Water, things like that, though. But you're not going to get the schlock that Fox would turn out normally. Now, I'm pretty sure when you think of Fox, the first thing you think of is schlock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, of the X Men movies and the X Men movies. Yeah, I, I think. Um, well, I, I I think you're right that they probably will slow down that kind of stuff because I know um, Disney has made a commitment to 
not put out as many movies overall in general each year. You know, that way they can focus on their franchise films, focus on their, uh, you know, tentpole films. Give more, sorry, give more focus on them rather than how they did in the past. And like, you know, because now the land, the, the, the filmmaking landscape is different. So I think what they'll do is that now that they got, you know, Fox under their wings, attempt to apply a formula to that, you know, that side of things. So we'll see. I, I think we'll, we'll see less, what do you call it, schlock? Yeah, schlock, but things like, so looking at Fox's movies they've released over the last year, but things like, again, The, the Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman, Kingsman, Murder on the Orient Express, Red More Sparrow. More like Murder with, of the Orient Express. <laughs> things like that, though. It's, you're, you're going to lose out. Like, you're not going to get a Kingsman movie. And I know that second Kingsman movie wasn't as good as the first one, but... There's, we're going to lose out on those now because Disney's just not. Like, I don't know how much that movie costs. It probably costs in the ballpark around maybe a hundred million dollars. But Disney ain't going to be writing those checks anymore because it's going to be unless it's like Disney's not in the business of where let's pump a hundred dollars in this to make a hundred and five dollars. They're in the business of let's pump a hundred dollars into this and let's make a hundred thousand. They are not going to sit there waste their time on it. And it's even like things on the streaming service. How do we know when Disney has the streaming service that certain things like Alien or Predator, I'm just using them as obvious because everybody knows the Alien and Predator films, Disney's not going to want that. Because think about the very first time you have some parent and their kids are on the Disney streaming service app trying to watch a kid show, and they, mis- they type in, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, Zenger, you have children. Is there a Disney Channel show that your daughters like to watch? Um, I don't know about Disney Channel, but they love Octonauts. I don't know what that is. Is that Disney? No, it's something on Netflix. Disney show, Disney show. Why am I not thinking of anything? Well, just take, for example, let's just take one that begins with the letter P. Let's say one of these shows begins, they're typing into the search bar, and they type in P, and they get Predators. And you have a kid who watches a movie. You know how fast there's going to be a boycott of some stupid parent going, my kids shouldn't be able to click on P and see predators decapitating people. It's like, it's going to be like that thing that happened with that stupid, uh, what was it, uh, Breaking Bad action figure where the mother was threatening a boycott of Toys R Us because the kids, like, there was Breaking Bad toys on, like, the top shelf. Like, that, like, Disney's going to want, like, even though I, I know the whole thing is like, oh, Disney wants content for its streaming service. Yeah, but they're going to petition or partition this stuff far away from the the mainstream stuff until eventually they either don't need it or the stuff that they do incorporate from fox is going to be the family friendly stuff like um independence day or things like the greatest showman that are more just family friendly like i know like they keep saying like bob Iger amongst many is like oh no we're not gonna we're not gonna lose his, lose fox's uh, personality in, in this acquisition. Well, of course you are. It's like you, you can't mix oil and water. I don't know. I mean, Disney kind of has some pretty violent stuff already. I mean, the MCU is violent. You know? there, there, there ain't decapitations in blood and gore in the MCU. Oh, yeah. I mean, just put a letter R for restricted, and there you go. But but think about it. But you can't. Like, is there a parental lock on everything? So if you want to watch. So if you're an adult. And you subscribe this because you want to watch those films. Do you have to enter a parental lock every single time? And plus, a lot of parents just don't do. Zenger, do you have a parental lock on your Netflix account? No, we have a kids account for, for their stuff. 
or okay. when they're on that account, it's more kid-friendly stuff. But if you want me to play Devil's Advocate real quick, um, correct Please me if do. I'm wrong, but isn't Sesame Street on HBO? Yeah, mm. but there's an HBO. Well, there's an HBO channel, and HBO doesn't really air extremely violent stuff at like eight in the morning. Well, I meant right. the app, app side of it. Oh yeah, I mean, but the, I mean that's another that's another that's another story. The reason it's there is because they uh, couldn't fund it anymore by public funds, and there. But with HBO, they uh, you know people subs- pay for a subscription of HBO, so they're guaranteed to have funds there. Whereas, you know, with public funding, it's a little different. That's why they're there. But that that, that I don't think that's a matter of uh, you know. What, I don't think it's applicable to the conversation here of, of you know, well, what no, Zach's trying no. to explain. Yeah, because I guess I'm 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 being a Debbie Downer right now. And it's just the whole idea though is that like every like even as much as I am a Disney fanboy, I really hope that Comcast got the Fox catalog because I feel Comcast has really has uh, like a fraction of the shame that Disney does, and they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't be afraid to do things. And yet Disney is so hamstrung by its quote-unquote image that all it takes is one thing going the wrong way. They just shut everything down. Like even reference in this article. Dark And they're what? The dog cauldron. The dark? You mean the black cauldron? Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that was, God, that was almost 50 years ago now. I know, but that's like something that you never see anywhere. Well, yeah. It's like they, evil and dark. Well, it's infamous. Well, yeah, that well, Black Cauldron is a that, that's an interesting movie for many reasons. Yes, it is. I want a Blu-ray release of that. See, they didn't release that on Blu-ray. Yeah, where where's the petitions? Where's people screaming at at people? Okay, I wonder. Throw if a trend had, on Twitter. There you go. Hashtag bring back the Black Cauldron or uh, Black Cauldron on Blu-ray. Yeah. I, I don't know though. It's it's kind of like even going back to the. I know this isn't Star Wars stuff, but I think I, I think I prefaced it with the fact this episode wasn't going to be too Star Wars heavy. But it's like the James Cameron's uh, for any uh, James Cameron's The Abyss and True Lies. If anybody out there is like a a Blu-ray collector like myself, you cannot get either of those films in high definition. It's the strange like anybody who's a Blu-ray collector can tell you it's one of the strangest things that's ever happened. In that like collecting community, that for some reason Jimmy C will not release those films on on home video in high definition. Like there have been remasters for them. Like if you have like stars or like any like the premium cable channels, they will air those in HD. Those films because they've been remastered uh, and they've been supervised by Jimmy C. Yet for some reason Fox just won't release them either because they have plans for them. I don't know what plans. Or Jimmy C won't let them. And considering that if Fox wouldn't do it, we don't have a snowball's chance in hell that Disney's ever going to do it. And I know that's a really stupid, minute thing to kind of like pick up on. Yet, like, think about what True Lies is. True Lies is a comedy about terrorism. (laughs) Exactly. And I know Jimmy C is very embarrassed of that film now. But think about it. Uh, Let's say five years from now, for whatever reason, Somebody, uh, whoever Jimmy C says, let's release True Lies on Blu-ray. Disney's gonna be very apprehensive because it's like if word gets out, Disney's trying to profit off the comed- the comedy of terrorism. Like they're not gonna, they don't want that sort of um, PR nightmare, much like Roseanne or the James Gunn thing. Anything that's slightly controversial, for better or for wrong or right, not to get into the James Gunn Roseanne Barr thing, 
it's like Disney just does, just avoids those sort of controversies like the plague. And I think that's a that's a component of this Fox deal because I know all you do when you hear this Fox deal, it's two sides. You have the Deadpool's going to be an Avenger, and you get the this is breaking antitrust laws. That seems to be the dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You have one or the other. And yet, yeah. people have, like, there, there's also another. There's, there's many more aspects to it, but the one I'm oh, looking yeah. at is we're going to lose so much of a cult. Like Fox, like I think Zenger knows this to a degree. Like Fox had such a cultural identity starting. In what, like, really, kind of like a renaissance in the mid to late 80s. Yep. Simpsons. Yeah. And, well, Simpsons is really kind of like the hallmark of that, where they really, that definitely gave them a lot of money, especially when News Corp took over. And you were going to lose that. Like, I know you hear, like, everybody says, like, I think there was, like, rumors going, like, oh, we're getting, like, a Bob's Burger, Bob's Burgers movie, or a a Family Guy movie. There was, like, talk of another Simpsons film. Yeah. It was like, oh, isn't that great? Except when you realize, oh, they're all going to be streaming streaming service fodder. You're never going to see those on a big screen. I don't know how many people would want to see those on a big screen. Yeah, especially The Simpsons. I think The Simpsons has kind of pretty much been played out for a while now. But it would be, Fox would have at least taken a chance on putting those on the big screen. Disney's not, think about it. Disney only has so many slots a year on the uh, Hollywood release calendar, and they're not going to waste a slot for a Bob's Burgers movie. They're just not. It's just like, okay, are we going to release Black Panther 15, Incredibles 12, or Bob's Burgers? It's like, well, Bob's Burgers isn't going to make a billion dollars worldwide, so nope. <laughs> and, that, and, 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 and like, I know that's a very cynical way to look at it, but oh, that's the reality so. situation. Is that the Mickey Mouse voice? That, that, no, that's, that's just my normal you're a monster voice. Oh, geez. The Mickey Mouse voice would have been like, ha ha, you're a monster. See, it's a difference. That's great. It's great. Absolutely. So, fantastic. Uh, real, real quick, Zach, just to make sure that I'm uh, that I'm understanding, is this deal with Fox final yet, or? Uh, it's going through all the different like uh, inter- It's going through all the different regulatory stages, both okay. uh, in the U.S. and internationally. But for all intents and purposes, there there's no roadblocks ahead. It's just a yes. matter of doing the proper paperwork, right, Zach? Well, all uh, intents and I'm purpose. Sorry. I'm right. Sorry. God, we got great no, I, I was, sorry. I was I was over emphasizing the tense because uh, I'm right. assuming all these deals are being done in tense. Yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, intense deal. I know I'm pumped right now. Okay. Yes. The thing because because like I know with the whole thing with the merger of uh, AT and T and uh, Time Warner, there was some issues. Uh, I know not, not to get into politics, but I know the uh, you know current uh, administration were not in favor of that. Ultimately, it is going to happen. Although I think it's still in an appeal. That's still sort of hung up on appeals court, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm pretty sure the the Time Warner AT and T thing is going through. Like I think there's still I think there's a lot of paperwork that still has to be done. It's going to take time, but I think it's 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 more or less a done thing. Okay. I, I guess I, I don't know, Mark. I'm not an expert. I, I do not follow that as closely as I do Disney stuff. But from what my uh, abstract understanding is, I think that's a uh, like there was a lot of things that were going on. Like a lot of people thought that the 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 federal government was going to force Time Warner to sell off some of its assets, but I I don't think I I think they got approval for selling it as a whole, or at least that's my understanding. If anybody, if I uh, gotcha, if, if I'm wrong, please leave a comment below. Which is funny, it actually is applicable because you go to Podbean, you can actually leave comments. So when I say that, it's not just uh, a ruse for getting people to go away. <laughs> well, people can leave reviews on the on the podcast on the 
Don't remind iTunes. them they can do that. I mean, what? If you do leave a review, make sure it's a five-star review. Yes, those are the yeah. only ones that are actually accepted by our podcast apps. <laughs> Fun fact. Let's bring this back a little bit to Star Wars. Considering that never. Bob Iger's... Never. Uh, we go, this is the off-topic podcast and the Hurting Cats podcast. You can hear, you can hear <laughs> the meowing right now. Uh, but anyway, though, so considering that Bob Iger says they're going to slow down the release of Star Wars films, I want to ask you to this. What do you think is an appropriate time frame for releasing a new Star Wars film? Is it once every six months, every 12 months, 24 months? What do you think is the best time to, to release a film? How many months apart? Uh, a year, uh, 12 months, you know, at least, you know, don't, you know, that's, that's just my opinion. Ugh. That's a tough one. Yeah, two two years would be you know a pretty uh, pr- pretty okay. You know, once you get to three years, well, now you got into a situation of uh, you know, of the old days of Star Wars, and then you get into the situation of a uh, hype build up. You also don't want to build up. I mean, I, I you know I understand the uh, the value of of a uh, hype build up and such. You know, especially with marketing and all that. So, you know, the longer you you have something, you know. Uh, in the, the coming down the pipeline, the more anticipation it'll be. But then, uh, by the same token, you you finally get to that point and you see it, and it's like not satisfying for you because you in, in all those years you build up, you had too much head cannon, and it didn't play out the way you wanted it to. Now you're going on Rotten Tomatoes and writing negative reviews and stuff because you didn't turn out to be how you thought it would be. You know, from what you developed in the in those two three years, and you know, so I think three years is a little too much, especially today's in today's culture of instant gratification. People tend to also have um, they uh, forget things quickly. You know, they um, we're a very uh, superficial society nowadays. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, we always move on to the next thing. You know, we're very short attention spans. Short attention span. That's what I'm trying to say. We have short attention spans. We're always looking for the next. You know, the next thing that's in vogue, that's in fashion, and then, you know, once something new comes up, it's like, you know, we abandon it or something like that. So, Mark, but, did you pick up your pre-order for the iPhone XS? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm getting that mailed out. No, 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 it's the <laughs> iPhone extra small. No, it's 10S, 10S and 10R. Uh, and yes, I am getting it, uh, but I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm actually getting it by mail, though, and... Um, and Mark, what phone getting, do you currently have? The iPhone 10. Mark, God bless you. Yeah, I get it every year. It's part of the Apple upgrade program. You, you know, God you bless pay, you, Mark. Mark proved his own. Mark, I think I deserve a pat on the head for that because you, I proved your own point for you without you even knowing it. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, something new comes up, you know. I mean, technology. I must own it. Mark, what was that? What was that? What was that phrase? Short attention. What? Short attention. <laughs> what was it? Short. I didn't hear that last part. What was that? Short attention span. Yeah, there you go. See, folks, we have fun on this podcast. It's not just insane ramblings of a ma- of mad men. No, nope. <laughs> mostly is. Almost. Sometimes okay. it is. Yeah. Most of the time it is. It's amazing that we have more than two listeners now. We just keep lowering that bar, folks. We like, like we should we should originally call this like instead of Knights of Va- uh, Knights of Vader, it should be scraping the bottom of the barrel, a Star Wars podcast. Hmm. Chucked up so many names that we had for this podcast. God, there's so many. 
so many names. Uh, but Zanger, did you give a time frame, or are you still kind of huffing and puffing? Um, I'd say about a year to a year and a half. I think two years is going a little bit far. But then again, at the same time, I love having Marvel movies as often as they do. But at the same time, it's I don't know. They're they're the same yet different. I feel the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies. So that's I don't know. Well, I because again, everybody's trying. I'm 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 hoping that eventually people get the idea that not everything has to copy Marvel. Because if you look at what Marvel's doing in, in my apathy toward the Ant-Man series, you know, I really like Ant-Man as a character. I hate his movies. I've uh, religiously collected all the MCU films ever since Iron Man 2 came out. Like, I've, I've gotten into almost fights with people over getting the Best Buy Steelbooks when I was in college. Like, I used to collect those, and now with Ant-Man the Wasp, I just, like, I think it comes out on Blu-ray, I think, like a month from now, or at least a month from when we're recording this. And I was looking at it, it's like $35 like the first week. And I'm like, no, I'm not spending $35 on this because I don't need, like, I'll wait. Like, Disney stuff doesn't go on sale that often, but it'll eventually come down to like maybe $15, $20. And I'll wait for that because I don't need all the, ch- like, the MCU is growing at such a pace now where there's just, there's so much of it. I think eventually, like, the, the bomb's going to drop out on Marvel. It's, it's inevitable, whether it be a day, week, month, year, decade from now. Uh, the MCU is gonna eventually just it's it's gonna get dry because it's you can't you run out of ideas after a while, and I think what they're trying to do with Star Wars and it's even uh, Bob Iger even mentions it in this article to a certain degree, and there's another point. This is more of a business business entertainment aspect of the industry. I want to get into in a couple minutes, but it's the idea of trying to you can't just react to the curve or react to the industry going through changes. You have to predict the changes and then try to figure out how to make money off the prediction. And I think that's one thing Star Wars is doing that Marvel MCU isn't. Like, Kevin Feige is exclusively movies, movies, movies. And I can't blame him because clearly that's working for him. Look at Black Panther and Infinity Wars grosses. Can't argue with that sort of return. But you look at Star Wars, and yes, you, we hear all the horror stories of the fact that Star Wars merchandise now sells a fraction of what it did uh, 20 years ago. Never mind that we heard the same exact stories when The Phantom Menace came out. The Phantom Menace toys sold a fraction of what the original trilogy toys sold. I mean, all these he's, fractions. I know, fractions of fractions. <laughs> and yeah, these things still exist. And yes, kids these days are not as fascinated with toys as they as their their parents were or generations prior to them. But you look at the most popular IPs for toy licensing, Star Wars is still top five. And that's kind of amazing for a franchise that we're being told is dead. It, it, it's a dead, again, Red Letter Media tells us every week that Star Wars is a DOA franchise. Yeah, it's amazing how it sells and makes more toys or almost I, in the same league as Marvel. I, I think when he means like it's dead, I, I think it means it's dead for neckbeards, for people that age, you know. Yes, I, you are correct in that, though. But they are, they are projecting their disdain and contempt for it onto the masses. And uh, to this day, I will go on record and say Solo did not bomb because the neckbeards had their way. Uh, no, that's wrong. The, neck, the neckbeards didn't sink Solo. It's people's apathy uh, I towards did. Solo. Yes, you did, Zegger, by seeing it. I t- you saw Solo, what, once in theaters? Twice. Twice. I saw it twice. God, what a horrible neckbeard you are. Yep. Worst neckbeard ever. You need to shave. Uh... But I know, and that's kind of what you have to look at with all this stuff, is that Marvel is not, like, 
we laugh at like because Star Wars has always done this. Maybe they're not doing as much of a change, but like think about it. Star Wars isn't just movies. Star Wars is books, comics, uh, TV. Uh, you have fr- stuff like the Freemakers, where it's a blend. Be- it's a hybrid between toys and uh, media. You have all these you have, uh, video games. Like think about it. we don't have an MCU video game. Like we the have Lego th- games are about the closest you're going to get to it. Yeah, but why don't we have like, for, like Marvel has all the money in the world? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Marvel Disney has all the money in the world. Why not? Like what Insomniac did for Spider Man? Oh why God! Don't, why don't Perfection. they go? <laughs> why not? Why don't? Why not go to a a developer and Zenger? You're the video game guru here. Why doesn't that happen? Why don't we have an Avengers video game? That that's, is a very solid question. They have like augmented reality stuff, and there's supposed to be something in the works, but they kind of, I see. That's the other thing. There might be some rights thing, but I doubt it. I don't know. It's a well, confusing thing because, like, the old Marvel Ultimate Alliance would be great to have now with like the MCU characters. Well, exactly. And considering that all you have to do is pay your your actors to come in and do voice voice acting for. It's like, I don't know why, because I think even... You don't really have to pay them. Just remind them that they signed a contract, and then just point at it. Well, you got... Like Mark and I discussed last week, there's all these different contracts for whether it be certain voice acting on certain projects, and like there's different components of it, but it's like, why don't we have... I know, I think sometime in December, or maybe November, December, there's going to be a Thanos... It's going to be the first MCU novel... Or it's gonna be the backstory. Ooh. It's gonna be Thanos's like origin story on Titan. But like, why isn't there more stuff with the MCU? Like, even like we have Lego stuff, but the toys are even kind of like at, like nowhere near as tight as Star Wars is. And as much as we credit, we like, Marvel is doing great in the moment. But is is a Fantastic Four movie five years from now going to make the same amount of money that Black Panther did this year? Depends on who's starring in it. Well, I, I don't know. It's it's the whole idea. Is like it's. I feel like the MCU is. Like, I don't even want to say comic book movies anymore. I think the MCU is getting to a point where it's its own genre. I think to call what Kevin Feige has done a comic book movie series, I think is belittling it. I think it's its own genre because clearly DC didn't figure out how to ride that wave. Neither did Fox outside of Deadpool. And kind of x-men every now and then and sony so, figured it out but then completely forgot what they were doing well so so no sony didn't change well the times changed around sony and sony didn't change with them and like, like sony laid the foundation for a lot of what we're having right now but again that's a topic for another day but like even fox never really like the x-men movies were successful but they were never spider-man successful or iron man successful or avengers successful they made money, but not as much money as Fox would have liked compared to what the neighbor next door was making. And they were making a lot, a lot, of, a lot of money there, folks. But I, I think that's what we don't give Star Wars credit for: is that Star Wars is, is play. Like, it's kind of like what's uh, Kevin Feige is betting his entire net worth on, like the roulette wheel, on one number. It's like, I'll put it all on 12 black. It's like, oh, okay. And he, he const- he's been winning by doing that every single time. Yet Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy is kind of like at the slots. She's playing like 15 different machines at the same time. 
it's like, are you going to make an absolute fortune from the slots? No, but you're, you're, you're diversifying your, your portfolio there. And yes, the movies are, but at the same time, look at the movies. The movies are there to sell. They're basically glorified commercials to sell merchandise. Like we laugh at the fact that solos only made $400 million worldwide, but I would imagine they've had to have made at least that much money on uh, licensing. Like I know you, even though it's not as bad as like Force Awakens stuff, but there were solo bed sheets, there were solo posters, there were solo. You had you had lost the stupid solo solo cups. Yeah, that's money that the solo whoever makes the solo cups. I'm not sure if Solo is its own company or it's part of a subsidiary, maybe like Kimberly Clark. But they had to pay Disney money to license that name. Or I guess are technically the font in that case because they used a little solo like slanted font. Like that's the thing that matters. Like I remember with Man of Steel, when Man of Steel came out in 2013, everybody was laughing at the fact, and Zenger can tell you this: all the uh, the crazy product placement in that movie. Yeah, there was a lot like, of it. Like what was it? Like oh, he, he his his best friend worked at the IHOP. He like uh, crashes into a Seven Eleven. He like gets thrown into a Sears. Yep. There's a Sears. There's something else he does too. There's a lot of stuff. It's funny. Uh, poor Smallville is just like IP capital of the world. But you have that though. Everybody, I remember reading an article and nobody ever references it. It wasn't. It wasn't a Mike Zero like article. It was a, a Hollywood reporter or a Deadline or Variety that said that Warner Brothers essentially paid for the production budget of Man of Steel from the product placement. And like from all the, uh, and not just the product placement, but like all the merchandise tie-ins, because I think, not, or, or like, uh, I forget, they had like Gillette, I think Gillette was the, uh, they, had, they had some sort of campaign, like, how how does the Man of Steel shave? Yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah. And so Warner Brothers got so much money from licensing out stuff from that movie, plus the product placement, the movie essentially paid for itself. So they basically, when all those grosses came in, they, it, was, it, it was wholly theirs. There was no bills to pay. And... There, there, there's an episode of um, 30 Rock where they make a joke about that. Like, there's some movie they're making, and by the end of it, it's so profitable, they don't even need to make the movie. Yeah. Yeah, they've already <laughs> made so much from just the mark, just from all the marketing they've done. Well, and that's what happens, though. And that's why, like, going back to the stories I've mentioned before, where Pablo Hidalgo claims that George Lucas lost money on the Clone Wars 2008 series, I don't believe that because. The all the money that came in from the licensing partners is what kept the lights on at Lucasfilm as a whole. Never mind the animation crew that made the Clone Wars. So, and that's what it is. And if you don't plan that accordingly, that's your fault as a as, as a as a I guess your accountant's fault or whoever sister makes those financial decisions. And so, when we look at the fact that Solo only made four hundred million dollars, we're not counting the fact that they got money from. Think about when Denny's did their promotion; they got a check from Denny's from. When it came to that, when it came to all these other things, like there was again all these different merchandise tie-ins. Not again, not as bad as other stuff. It wasn't the Phantom Menace. We're gonna have another Phantom Menace level thing. You're not gonna have Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC making toys, or Pepsi having 32 different cans with all the characters' names and faces on them. You know, I absolutely would love that if they started doing that again. But there is money to be made, and this is what ties into to the um, the beginning of the Bob Iger the Hollywood Reporter story. Is that they're talking about the fact that um, with the streaming service and with Disney's revenue, is that when Disney 
makes the Daredevil TV show, or I guess Marvel does it, Netflix is essentially paying them a premium to have that. And it's not just for Daredevil. It's for Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Never mind, they also paid for the, the streaming rights for Rogue One, uh, Solo, all those. And, that, and for every Disney IP, for Incredibles, uh, everything. And yet, when the streaming service comes online, and it's brought, it's interesting that the reporter brings it up here in the Hollywood Reporter article, saying that, like, what's Disney going to do when all this revenue dries up? Because you look at it, all these serve, all these, um, all this content is now going to be on the streaming service. Which, even though they're going to be collecting money from subscriptions for that, at first, it's they're definitely going to be not losing money, but they're not going to be um, receiving as much revenue as they once did just by receiving checks from Netflix, Hulu, uh, uh, the Turner Networks, all that. Like that, that's revenue. They don't own it all. Well, well, it's going to be on their streaming service. So hopefully they're able to make that money back by subscriptions and then even more so by taking away business from Netflix, Hulu, um, cord cutters. And that's another interesting aspect. Like I said, Bob Iger is an ex- like, do not underestimate this man, folks. I know a lot of you are mad about like what he did with James Gunn and in Mark's case, Roseanne Barr. But like this is a like a highly intelligent man that definitely knew how to read the tea leaves. And I and as a diehard Disney fan that's tracked all the CEOs that this company has had since Walt, it's gonna be absolutely fascinating who they get to replace him. Because I, I don't know. There's so many spinning plates going on in the Disney company right now. I cannot fathom anybody walking into it and managing it even half as well as Bob Iger is right now. Oh, have Singer do it. Dang, because he, I think Singer got his first endorsement. Yep. (laughs) Finally. Finally. I have a question, Singer. Considering that you have an inside line to um, Lucasfilm and getting your projects developed, was Mickey Mouse that inside connection? Oh, I'm not going to tell. But if he does, oh, he's going to be in a shallow grave. <laughs> I mean, ha ha, come to Disneyland. Buy the $25 churro? Oh, yeah. They're the best. And the turkey leg that cost uh, a mortgage payment? <laughs> I mean, we got to keep the lights on somehow. Ha ha. Oh, Mickey. Mickey, you have more money. You're the reason why I live in poverty right now. Is the fact that all my discretionary income goes to you. Oh, I have a house just made out of your donations you make to us. I mean, our donations. Everything <laughs> you buy. Singer, oh. his voice acting. It's going to be a fun April Fool's Day episode. Well, I think we have our plot now. It's going to be Alex Jones versus Mickey Mouse. Oh, well, we'll spe- bring it on, the- Batman. And it's gonna be great writing a script for this, like do like, like recording like three minute snippets, like every like recording like six months in advance, so Zanger doesn't blow his voice out. Did you, uh, did you guys ever see that one episode of uh, South Park where the uh, Jonas Brothers comes out? That's where I got the voice from. Me, because me and my friends would seriously just sit there and just do this voice back and forth to each other. <laughs> would just sit there and just be like. We could just be sitting on the couch, like, randomly and be like, hey, can you get me a beer? Oh, go get one yourself. <laughs> and, yeah, so I, that's basically where the origin of me being able to do the Mickey Mouse voice came from, was just doing that all the time. 
I still think it's amazing that South Park did an episode af- right after the election, but it had nothing to do with Mitt Romney or Barack Obama, but it was the fact that uh, Disney bought Star Wars. Like, it's like, because it's like, guys, guys, something just happened. And I think it was, I think it was like probably Cartman and like Kyle's like, like what? You talking about the presidential re- uh, election? No, no. Disney bought Star Wars. <laughs> I did I not thought, see that episode. I, I thought you were going to say the the episode where they had like like that aired like the day after where it had the cuz they had actually two episodes made depending on who won. Yeah, like yeah, they typically do that. Uh but but I like the fact that Star Wars was the focal point of that episode not the like like the election played like, like it was like the B plot of the episode. But it was very clear like Eric Cartman's entire plot to sit there like be in the Star Wars movie. And like Mitt Romney didn't want the Chinese government to have the rights to Star Wars because yeah. he didn't want Disney draw or like whatever it was like uh, he didn't want Disney having it. And so like Cartman wants to get I don't know for it was it was like but like if the Chinese government has it they won't drive it into the ground like Disney would have <laughs> or in some people would say rewatch did. that episode. That it's it's a fun okay that's that's a fun Star Wars episode it is it's. It's funny because there is a lot of Star Wars iconography and imagery in there too. Plus, it gives you a nice glimpse into the Disney Corporation circa 2012. Also, I really like the episode where they, um, it's the one where they, I can't remember what the episode was, but they kept on, I think it was the one where they had, um, the Indiana Jones being re released and they showed like the redone version of the first episode. And it's just oh, them mocking yeah. Star That one is great. That, because that's the, uh, that wasn't for, well, Indiana Jones is obviously. In the episode, but I think that was for the E. Wasn't that when Spielberg redid ET? And he, he took yeah. out like the guns and put in like the walkie. Yeah, and then they were gonna no, and then they were gonna redo um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that that was the second. That was well, that was before like Lucas even started doing. Uh, I guess not. I guess that no. was that was like it, what two thousand two ish. No, it, it was it was after that because I remember because they made fun of um of like the these special editions because they were saying yeah. how they're like, Oh, well, we, we originally wanted, you know, this, this, and this going on. And, and also we wanted, um, Bantha's rock walking around in the background for this scene. Yeah. yeah okay. that, was, that was one of the early, like, uh, South park episodes. I, it was, it was sometime it was, I think in the 10th season. Cause I think they made a joke about it. The 10 year anniversary. Well, yeah, but I mean, like this was, this was like, like to the end, like if it was after 2002, because it was after, because I know that was for the 20th anniversary of ETs when Spielberg did all those things to the movie. And I, I don't know, I'm just telling you when, I, I don't know the specific date, but it came after Spielberg doing all that stuff to the film. Yeah, Jones 5 just keeps getting pushed back year after year. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to come out next year? It was supposed to, now it's pushed to 2020. Oh, yeah, well, what was yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, it got pushed back. I know making Star Wars has a site. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's dedicated to Indiana Jones. But I forgot. That's the next Zingness movie thing we're doing. I forgot um, what the name of the. Oh my gosh, that's going to be my name every episode. It belongs to the museum? Yes. It's just going to be me going, this episode belongs in a museum. Yeah, I'm sure they haven't done I think that, like, Indiana Jones is another IP they could do stuff with. Like, you could do, like, animated... Like, I'd love to see a Dave Filoni Indiana Jones TV show. Like, that one's got the whole... I mean, it's supposed to be... Um, oh, my God, I forgot his name. 
Harrison Ford. Well, you can get a voice actor. You don't. You get whoever did the Forces of Destiny, Han Solo. You know, I was wondering why they uh, why did they never like wrote sequels for ET and stuff. They just because sequels they weren't a thing. Yeah, well, we had Star Wars back then. Star Wars was like the originator of that for the most part. I know I'm not correct on that. Please do not comment. I know that there are other movies that had sequels and stuff to them. Horror movies don't count, though. Sorry. Everybody comment down below about how he's wrong about sequels. I, I am I am very wrong, but I will not take any um any guff about horror movies, though. Well, that's what, when you first said that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Like all the different, like Dracula movies, Frankenstein, Mummy, Werewolf. Well, those ones are. I, I'm just saying, like the Jason. Like once you get past a certain number, it's like well, okay. That came enough. after Star Wars, though. I like, think about it. Like, like the first Friday the Thirteenth came out the same summer as uh, Empire did. Huh. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, actually it's uh, Friday the Thirteenth that knocked Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Empire Strikes Back off of its. Uh, number one at the box office during the summer of 1980. Interesting. See, there's some trivia for you. And fun fact about Friday the 13th, Jason is hardly in that movie. Hmm. Well, Friday yeah, the 13th. first one, because isn't it like his mother Don't or give something? Don't it away. Oh. God damn it. Wait, this it is, is a movie we, that's older than me. This is why we can't have nice things. It's a movie that's older than me. If you haven't seen it yet, which I haven't, and I even know that, Next time you go around, I want, how would you like if you're walking down the street and someone like walks up to you and it's like Norman Bates and Norma Bates are the same person? I'd be angry. Like 20 <laughs> years later, you're sitting down I'm, watching Psycho and you're like, God damn it, that jerk <laughs> on the bus sat there ruined this movie. I'm just going to start wandering around and blurting out endings to movies now. It's going to be like, uh, what was it, uh, Billy on the Street with Billy Eichner, except it's just Zenger in New York City with a microphone yelling plot spoilers at <laughs> random people on the city streets. Yeah, just 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 be walking by, and someone's like, "Oh, it's a nice day out." It's her head in the box. What? <laughs> it's, 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 but but no context. It's never cotton. Like there's no context to it. He's his father. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that that that's good. Okay, how, where, where do I sign up for that series, Zinger? How, how how many zeros do you want to check for that idea? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to do that now. Like spoil, like Zinger spoils movies out of context. That'd be a great funnier die like segment. It would be. I'm trying to think of other ones that, that would just be great, but like you wouldn't have any context to them. I, I don't know. Like some of them would have to be like weird things. Oh, know. he got the name from the stuff in the room. What's that one for? Kaiser says a usual suspects. I never you know what I never saw that movie either. So thanks a lot, jerk. <laughs> um, God damn it! It's uh like okay, like you can do the okay. The only one I can think of, and I know it's because Family Guy did it. Was like it was his sled. <laughs> but that when you just walk up and just say Rosebud. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh god, like, like, that's everything. Like if you were gonna do that as like an idea for a show, you'd have to like balance it just right, where like it have to be easy enough for people who have seen the film to get it yeah for people who haven't they'd be like what it's like this <laughs> they, they let out a bunch of patients from the mental I, asylum just, just walk up i don't feel so good mr stark <laughs> <laughs> now that's a good one that's that that's a good one oh, dear. okay Zenger, that's another idea after, after we get your alex jones um 
uh, Mickey Mouse debate dumb. That'll be uh, another side uh, venture of the podcast. Knights of Vader spoiler edition. Zinger on the street. Zinger on the street. Have a little catchy theme song. He's making dreams come true. By ruining them. Oh, God. And if you guess the movie right, Zanger gives you a dollar. But you have to catch me first. Exactly. He runs away from you as he's screaming <laughs> the spoilers at you. I'm just, like, two people are sitting like a cafe. It's like, well, like, like, what a lovely meal this is. It's like, they never show what's in the, what's in the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Zanger just, it's like, what was that? Oh, my Lord. Uh, what, what a horrible podcast this is. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. I got another one. Um, I just, what is the actor's name? Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill. Okay, okay. I got it. Channing Tatum's in the movie. That's Eh, a, eh, no, that, that is eh. a spoiler. That is a spoiler for. I thought you were going to go with this is the end. No. God, there's going to be so many bleeps in this episode, folks. (laughs) He's ruining so many movies. As a cinephile, I can't permit this to happen. It's bad. Like, Mark, Mark, like Mark hasn't even seen half of these these movies, so it's fine. Mark's just blankly staring into the void. But it's I, I can't let him ruin movies for like six people. That's that's not fair. That's fair to you as an audience. We're better than that here. What other ones can I do? Stop. Oh, it's okay. Just just leave me alone for a while. Okay. See, see what happens. All right, Mark. Do you have any ideas on the, the streaming service and the fact that some of Disney's revenues, uh, a nice portion of Disney's like licensing royalty revenue is going to disappear with the uh, streaming service? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure because uh, I'm not sure how that works because they're streaming their own products. They're not like... It's not like Netflix that streams, you know, stuff from like other, uh, you know, other studios and stuff. But what it is is that, like, think about when like Daredevil is on Netflix, even though Marvel is Marvel Disney is producing this, they're getting paid a premium and a profit from Netflix in order to air it. Right. That with when when those contracts expire, Disney will be able to air Netflix on their. I'm sorry, Disney will be able to air Daredevil on their streaming service, but. Guess what? That that check that comes in from licensing the right, the streaming rights for Daredevil disappears now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, wouldn't it just be offset by the by the uh, subscription fee of the Disney streaming service itself? Or yeah, in theory, yet that's all contingent on how many people you sign up. Right. Netflix writes checks to everybody for content. I think what we'll see is that we'll see that initially they have it at a low price. And then they realize that they're not making as much money as they were thought as they wanted to. So then they raise the prices of the streaming service. That's what I'm, that's what I see do, them doing. Heck Netflix has been doing that already for, I don't know, for some time now. All right. Uh, that's, that's, that's uh, a good question to kind of end this on. How much, okay. Let's say the, the, the streaming service starts this or I'm sorry, next November-ish, next holiday season, how much are you willing to spend on, on Disney streaming service? Monthly. Um, 10 to $15. Alright, so. Zenger. Bruce Willis is dead. Oh, that's the most obvious low-hanging one of them all. They're weakened by water. I don't even get that one. Zenger, how much did Disney streaming service cost, in your opinion? 
How much should it cost? Uh, I'd say 10 to 15. 10 to 15 is a good ballpark. But if you wanted to have extra tiers where you could get more stuff, that would be interesting. What would be what would be too high in your opinion? Like, what's a number they could charge? Or you'd be like, you know what? I nope, you don't get my money. Over twenty, I feel. I, I'm like, I don't know. It's just I feel like that's getting a little ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, or, you know, you you know, you you hit on something inter- very interesting is that Disney streaming service can like separate itself from the rest of the pack. By you know offering tiers that where they oh know. here's our shows here's access to all of our movies and stuff you know you want the whole package here's the like yeah that they can very easily do that yeah they can they can do something like that like like no one like all, like all the streaming services right now they don't offer a whole lot of uh you know things like that like you know like Netflix uh it only does what like um a streaming fee. They do have a multi-tier system, but that's more based on, you know, how many TVs they can link their account to, that kind of thing. Hulu has something to where you, if you pay more monthly, you uh, you get less commercials or, or no mm-hmm. commercials. You can even add Showtime stuff on there if you, uh, you know, pay an extra premium. Amazon, uh, that's based on the Amazon Prime fee that you pay. To be honest, Amazon for me is like, oh, hey, here's this free like streaming service and stuff with the purchase of getting two-day shipping for a year. Yeah, and I don't feel like it has that many offerings. Like, if you want to watch a movie and stuff, they don't really have that many movies. You got to, like, you know, pay extra for this. You I mean, know, they, have a good, they have good stuff. It's just, yeah. Right, and then there's well, the streaming service. I don't know what I can think of, I guess. I, I guess a paid streaming service, I guess. There's, there's yeah, a bunch of like niche ones like Shutter that does like horror movies or movie uh, or things like that where it's more like uh, specialized like in genre and theming. Right. I think Yahoo does some streaming service, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Isn't there also like Crackle and like Voodoo? Yeah. Yeah. Crackle. Crackle is a. Uh, uh, they do free stuff though. Crackle does free stuff. Crunchyroll for anime. Yeah, Crunchyroll. Uh, Voodoo. Uh, I have no idea what they do. I thought that was more of a uh, video, like a YouTube type of service. Um, well, that's well, that's what I mean, though. It's like because I would imagine Disney's hoping that they can take away from these other things. So it's like, oh, because I, I do think, like you guys already kind of hinted at with the different tiers. I still think there'll be an option that, like, a month after the movie comes out, there'll be like a sixty dollar per month tier where you'll get to like watch the newest release movie thirty days after it's out. So, like, let's say, uh, like, a month after, oh, God, we don't even know what Marvel movies are coming out in 2020. But let's just say, for example, like, let's just say Iron Man 4. Just not going to happen. Let's just say that, though. Like, Iron Man 4 comes out May 2020. Maybe, like, the first, like, weekend of June, if you have the $60 tier, you can watch it at home. It's like, that would be, I think that would be a tier. They definitely, because think about it. That's all revenue that Disney gets to gets to keep. They don't have to share any of it with the theater chains or the distributors. That would be entirely their money, right? Like, yeah, like like I said, Disney has an opportunity to separate itself from the pack, and I think they can do it. They really have to research things. They got price points, and they're going to do a tier based system. You know, yes, you can offer you know some tier that's like twenty dollars a month, but you know, don't go too crazy. And and then the next tier is like. Forty dollars a month. I mean, there's not. I don't. I don't. There's gonna be a whole lot of people. The other thing too is that also you can't. 
if you're gonna do a multi-tier system like that, that's that's content based. Don't start off with the cheapest tier being just a bunch of crap, and then yeah, you know, and if you really want to get the decent stuff, you gotta go to the fifteen twenty dollar tier or something something like that. That that's just that's not gonna cut it either. They're gonna get they're gonna get turned off by that ten dollar base product that they won't even bother you know to you know check out the twenty dollar one. Yeah, they they gotta do this a little carefully. I, I'm sure they can do it. I mean, they pretty much print money anyhow. Capitalism is a great thing, you know. Yes, I'm just gonna mention the fact that when it came to the the time span for dis or for Star Wars films to come out, I'd like a new Star Wars film like every 36 months. And as crazy as that sounds, like once every year and a half, like like one like think about it, like we'll have December 2019 episode nine. Then we get the first like Game of Thrones guy or Ryan Johnson trilogy, May twenty twenty one. Then you go back to like December twenty twenty three. I like that as like a concept. I'm sorry, um, December twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Wow, that sounds weird. That's what I would want. Like once every thirty six months, kind of like what's happening right now with Solo uh, to episode nine. We have a nice span where there's no like you let the the movie, I'm sorry, you let the TV shows breathe, you let the comics, the books breathe a little, and you don't just shove everything down our throats all at once. I agree with that. You break it up so you have that, you still get that summer Star Wars nostalgia, but then you skip, you, the new generation has their winter nostalgia. So I think it does. You can, and, and depending on what kind of movie it is, maybe it plays to a different crowd. I think Solo is a much better summer film than a a winter holiday film. Eh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't. You know, depending on that, geez, Mark. You know yeah, I don't know whether Solo is a summer movie. I mean, it, it's like I don't know. Are you gonna market it? it? I guess it just depends on marketing. Depends on uh, a lot of other things as well. Like I don't know. Like maybe this is a topic for another day. Maybe though, but I think like Solo is a very like fast kinetic film. Whereas, like, Last Jedi, I can imagine, like, you, like, get on the couch with, like, a nice blanket and maybe, like, a nice cup of tea or, like, hot chocolate. And you let you slowly just let it, like, you immerse yourself in The Last Jedi. Whereas, like, Solo's like, oh, it's like a fun summer romp. And it's like, I don't know. To each his own. I guess it's a matter of opinion. Controversial opinion on whether Solo's a spot. Uh, all the crap I say, the one thing that makes him speechless. Solo is a summer film. If you believe Solo is a summer film, please comment below. Write to your congressman, uh, write to the Zangnist Tinder account, letting them know that you believe Solo is a summer film. I will swipe left. Oh, jeez. Then tell me you prefer Crystal Fox to Porks. Oh, man. Then you get blocked. Yeah. Oh, but Anyway, anything else anybody want to discuss, or is that it for tonight? I'll save all my opinions for next week. I think I'm good. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at KOV Podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Chances are you type it into Facebook, and you will find it, Knights of Vader. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you once again to Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Rogue Knight, K-N-I-T-E. And on the Cinemodities podcast, 
where we'll be talking Goosebumps, the 90s TV show, and all of its 90s nostalgia, campy, macabre glory. And where can people find you guys? Um, you can find me at MarkFanPatriot on Twitter. That's M-A-R-K-F-A-N-P-A-T-R-I-O-T. Yeah, for my final spoiler of the night. You already did that one. did that movie. No, I didn't. Oh, uh, wait, yeah, I, I did. I did say, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. We'll give you credit, though. That's, that, that's pretty clever. And, and, and it's easily identifiable, so we'll give you credit for that. Oh, wait, I got another one. Martha. <laughs> you, did not, you did not give that even a tenth of the uh, scene-chewing as Henry Cavill does. Hold on, hold on a second. Martha! Why did you say that name? <laughs> God, this is a... Stupid thing. I think it was okay, okay. We're not getting into Batman versus Superman. That's that's a conversation for a very rain. Folks, we were discussing Batman versus Superman here. You know we've officially run out of topics. <laughs> we are out of topics. Uh, um, find me on Zingness. <laughs> find him on Zingness not talking about whether Solo is a summer film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's pose that question to our audience. If- yeah, yeah, do you think so? Yeah, if you think Solo is a uh, summer film, do not comment. Leave us no responses whatsoever on any social media platforms that we're oh, on. Oh, boo on that! I'm also gonna say though that I feel like it's a movie that just needs to be marketed. God damn it! Well, like yes, as a summer film. Alrighty, everybody, have a good night. Bye. Good night, everyone. <laughs>